At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 243. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm just <laughs> telling you how, how I'm tired right now. I don't, I don't sound it, but but I was. And here's the anecdote to, to back that up. Uh, earlier tonight, like just an hour ago, I was prepping for the podcast and I, I fell asleep at the at the the desk here so i'm just like leaning on my hand with the other hand on the mouse my wife works in the same room next to me on the desk beside me she didn't notice she had no idea i'd fallen asleep that's how active my work is that the type of work that i do is so active that i could fall asleep and it still looks like i'm being productive what does that say about me i don't know maybe you're really studying a stats page or something man just going all in be like i i, I don't understand why uh, pl- player X is not producing and you're just honing in on it, man. That's it. Yeah, he's 20 minutes stuck on Oliver Wallstrom here. What what the hell did Oliver Wallstrom do? We're going to do that in a few <laughs> minutes, but we got to do the pleasantries yeah. first. Yeah, uh, that's right. What about you, though? Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It was kind of regular old Wednesday for me. Um, nothing really too exciting happened. I went to Applebee's for dinner. So I was going to ask you, what's your favorite like crappy chain restaurant? Because like I, I'm a I would do. I would put Chili's ahead of Applebee's, but Applebee's is closer in proximity to me, so I end up there more often. Oh God, um, jeez. So we we don't have the same ones you do. Like we don't have an Applebee's. Uh, I don't have a Chili's here, so uh, this is probably gonna fall in deaf ears. But like we're talking like sea level. Like there's one in every town type of thing. It's called Eastside Mario's. The food isn't great. But like you get there and it's endless salad, endless breadsticks, no matter what. So you oh. like order a pasta and it's just pile on the the, the the Caesar salad. Give me breadsticks all day, every day. And I, and I love it. Sounds like Canadian Olive Garden. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's not very good food. I had a chicken uh, Parmesan the other day. Not the other day. This was like I don't know, a year ago. <laughs> Uh, we don't go out very often, I guess. And it was not good. Salad, great. Breadsticks, excellent. Uh, the chicken, not so much. Did not like it. Okay, well, yeah. So that was, I just wanted to throw that out there. I would put, I would rank Chili's ahead of uh, Applebee's, but ended up at Applebee's tonight. So that's that was the highlight of my day, though, by the way. Does Chili's do, does, does Chili do, how do I even say that? Does Chili's do Chili? There we go. Like, do they have Ooh. a Chili on the menu? I don't know. I know they have two for one drinks, which is well, that that's God, I don't care then. Yeah, which is excellente, which is my favorite part. So two for one drinks. That sounds dangerous. But like all the time, to- like it's uh, I feel like anytime I'm there, it's always the two for uh, two for one. I don't know how they stay in business, but I don't know. Anytime I'm there, it's the two for one. Hey, good. If they're able to do it, whatever. All right. Good for them. <laughs> Anyway, let's transition now and get into our New York Islanders. And let's start. We kind of hinted at it in the open there, but 
We're going to talk about Oliver Wallstrom. And the second half of the show, we're going to get into Barry Trotz. But we're going to start with Oliver Wallstrom because he had has had probably the most perplexing season to me on this team. There, there's a few guys who could maybe fit this bill. Uh, Kyle Palmieri being as bad as he was in the first half to being you know a legitimate goal scorer like we expected him to be. So that's a positive turnaround. Anders Lee putting in a billion goals in the second half of the year. Positive turnaround. Brock Nelson scoring like a madman in the second half of the year is a positive turnaround. But on the negative end, Oliver Wallstrom really sticks out like a sore thumb. And like I have his numbers. So over... Dude, this is just... Over his last 31 games, he has six points and three goals. Yeah. Like, Oliver Wallstrom's down bad right now. Yeah, it's not going very well. And then you have Barry Trotz basically coming out and saying, I don't trust him. Right? I, I think he even said pretty much those words uh, and said he's going to have to rebuild that trust shift over shift. Because if you look at Oliver Wallstrom's time on ice, you go 8-27 in a game he wasn't supposed to be playing in and still ended up being there because Bellows was sick. 10-31, 6-41, 10-01, one That's the last like five games there. That's not a whole heck of a lot of ice time for someone who's supposed to be in the top six, who at the start of the year were going... I'm going to try, We and I'm saying Barry here, actually. Barry said, I'm going to put uh, Kyle Palmieri top line right wing for now, but Oliver Walsham's in the discussion. That is not what the ice time is saying, and I'm not throwing Barry under the bus here. It's just that's how things have evolved or devolved at this point. Well, I mean, think about it. And obviously, like, I'm not saying he has to shoot at 25% every night, but in the third game of the year, he had eight shots and two goals against Chicago. Like, he hasn't been anywhere close to that kind of an impact in months it's and he had that little bit of a drought too where he went was it like 10 games in a row without scoring a goal after scoring uh five in the first eight but then he picked it up a little bit after that but it really fell off in the second half of this year which is uh, the irony is like most of this team got better in the second half but oliver wallstrom took the step back yeah, it's really strange what happened. There's that, that set of games you're talking about from December 4th to December 19th. He puts up, I think it's 10 points in eight games here. Yeah, 10 points, three goals, seven assists over eight games. And you're going, boom, locked in. We hit it. We figured it out. Here We we, we got Oliver Walsham. And then it just disappears. There's production sporadic here. There is a point. There's a couple of goals here. But by and large, you're not getting over a point per game production here, which... It just goes away, and you're wondering, what the hell happened? Yeah, I don't know. There's and If we had this conversation back when Oliver Wallstrom was producing, it would have been reversed, but with Noah Dobson. Because like Noah Dobson was the healthy scratch early in the year, and I was like, see, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I thought he would really take a, a significant step forward. This is like his third year in the league now. Like This is when I think he should be taking that step. And then he ends up and does it. But with, with Wallstrom, like, even now, he's gotten the wish. Most people have, but you were banging the drum, playing with Matthew Barzell. Well, he has been playing with Matthew Barzell for a while, and it's not like it's getting much better. No, that that's just it. And it, it's... I, I, we don't really seem to know what the heck the problem is necessarily. I, I don't think the issue here is that Barry wants more offense from him necessarily. I don't think that's the problem. It's I need to know that when I put you out there, you're going to do what I want you to do in terms of when the puck isn't on your stick, I can count on you. And that's been a thing for Oliver Wallace for a while. I remember when he went out on loan during the COVID year to Sweden. And even then his coach was like, he's not really playing defense. He, he can play it, but he's got a lot to learn defensively still. And, and that was the year that he made the jump to the NHL, remind you? Mm-hmm. Like that first year where just before that, this coach there in Sweden was like, his D game just isn't there. Uh, and it still seems like it's not. It's still not there for him. When the puck isn't on his stick or when he's trying to make an out, like when he's uh, the puck is on his stick in the D zone even, it's just he's not making the right decisions, at least per Barry Trotz. I'm not going to say that I'm a defensive guru here, but Barry Trotz is, and he doesn't seem to trust what, what Oliver Wallstrom is doing, and that's a problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, obviously we know his strength is that shot, and he's got to have the confidence to let it rip. And I think, you know, there's been points this year where he has been able to do that, but 
he needs to learn how to be a complete player. And it's I'm not out on Oliver Wallstrom, um, but I would be lying to you if I said that I wasn't surprised with how much there wasn't a step forward or or the, the I guess the how much I'm surprised that he took this much of a step back because I think that's it that's what it is it is a step back yeah it, it really is um now the thing with Oliver Wallstrom and I kind of said this on the post game show after the um the win against Pittsburgh because he played eight minutes and 27 seconds of ice time the thing with Oliver Wallstrom right now is that I feel like he's he wants to be like Trevor Zegras. He wants to ju- just let me go. Let me do my thing offensively. Let me fly. Um, but but unfortunately, he's not in a system like Anaheim where it's we're letting our young kids just go. We're letting our skill guys skill it up. Um, and w- what we don't really care necessarily because we're not our window isn't out. We know that we're letting these guys gain the confidence of just doing what they do and learn on the fly. That's not going to cut it in, in where he is now with the New York Islanders when you've got a coach like Barry Trotz, who is, yes, they're not doing well in the standings, but they're still trying to learn these things for when they are, hopefully next year. Um, It's it's great you want to do the Zegras thing, but I need to see you do the defense before I let you do the Zegras. I need to see you walk before I let you run, and he's not selling them that he can walk properly yet. No, that's that's the thing. He, he's... He's getting too far ahead of himself here, um, which I, I, I get it. Like the potential there is sky high for that area, for sure. But we still have to like hone in and focus on the fundamentals here and get the baseline first before you can get to that point, I think is my interpretation, at least of what Barry Trotz is trying to do. And I think you're kind of on the same page here. Yeah, we have to remember that the Islander system is built on the margin for error is very thin. Right. And so the Islanders can't really afford a guy to go out there and just like do your thing and we'll mop up the mistakes as we go. They, they, they're not really good at that. Um, that's never really been their thing, at least under Barry Trotz. Um, and so that, that's what we're seeing now. It's you've got a guy going out there who's probably going to cause more trouble than he's creating, at least in the confines of the system that he exists in. Um, and so they, they can't have that. Um, I wish I would really like for him to get the Zegras treatment. Just, just go, just go. That would be excellent because I think that's what he needs. But that's just not the reality situation where th- that the Islanders are in, and that Oliver Wallstrom is in. And and I I get that that's what he wants to do, but he also has to understand where he's at and realize that I've got a part to play here. I want to do that, but I've got to do this. Let's do this first before I get there. Um, now I fully will say that realizing I'm not a very disciplined individual. So like I'll go to bed tonight at like 1130 and know that I should go right to bed, but I'll sit on that phone for 20 minutes because God damn it. I got to know what happened on Reddit for no goddamn reason. Yeah, no, I, I should be the last person probably talking about discipline right now. Um, but Barry, Barry Trotz holds his guys to a different standard than apparently you and I hold ourselves to, which is fair. Uh, we're not trying to win a championship here. We're just trying to get it get through our days as a blogger and podcaster. We don't have Barry Trotz behind us standing literally on a pedestal going like, you need to do that better. Execute better. Make sure your typos are fixed before you edit. Right. So if we had that, we'd probably be a whole lot better. True. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need. Um, if we're being, I need Barry Trotz in my basement, basically. Pretty much, I think I'd be much more productive if that were the case. Heck yeah! But like, I I, I don't know. Do you? I hear. I feel like I, I hear the frustrations from the people on the side who are like, Oliver Wallstrom's confidence was killed, and that's why he is what he is right now. Like I I hear that and I empathize with that, but I feel like that's dismissing Oliver Wallstrom's role in his play this year, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I, th- I think there's a little bit to both ends. Like, is his confidence getting shot a bit? I, I would say so. I, I don't think this kid is confident. He's probably going like, what do you need me to do? I don't really know how to do that, perhaps. Or it's not that easy for me, right? Um, and you, I go back to that, that portion of time where he's got 10 points in eight games and like, he's still putting up, but he's got three games here with, uh, well, he's got three, uh, what is it? How do I want to say this? A three game multi, <clears throat> uh, my God, three multi-point games, bounce, moans, you three multi-point games in a row here in December. 
and his ice time goes down so as he progresses. He goes from 16 minutes and 58 seconds, no points, to 12.38, two points, a goal and an assist. 10.15, two assists. 9.49, two assists. Like, that. that's going to cut a guy going like, what the hell? I'm putting up points and my time on ice is still going down. Probably because he's he's going like, I'm putting up points. What else do you want? And Barry's like, I need defense, bud. But like, honestly, at in December, though, like no one was really playing defense. That's that's a valid point. That is true. There were a, a ton of issues then. But um, what I guess we'll leave off here. What has to happen next year? Because I, I, this year, I think you just toss out the window. This is like a burn the tape, forget it kind of a thing. They they have to sit down uh, during the offseason, maybe in the, the end of season debrief and be like, all right, I need to know detailed what, and this is Oliver Walsh speaking to Barry Trotz, I need to know what you want from me. What is my checklist to success? Because I will make sure to work on that on the offseason. And of course, like none of it is going to be like get stronger. So it's not like going to the gym necessarily. It's probably watching a lot of film on, on D-game. Like who should I watch who do you need me to mold my game after so I can do the thing I want to do? That that has to be the discussion, in my opinion. You? What, what do you think? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Like, I, I think it's just getting on the on the same page, which I feel like probably should have happened by now. But, like, I don't know. Maybe they just do need that time in the offseason to continue working. I mean, we've talked in previous episodes and in other podcasts where um, – like Noah Dobson and Zdeno Chara really linked up and it felt like Chara took uh, Dobson under his wing uh, and look at where he is now. And we thought Parise would be that for Oliver Wallstrom, but that hasn't exactly worked. And and I'm not saying, you know, sign another old veteran and and that to the mix. I'm not necessarily saying that, but like figuring out what is it going to take for him to get to that next level? Because for someone like uh, Noah Dobson, he had the, a couple of veterans in there with Andy Green and um, Zdeno Chara, and then just over time he got there. But what? Just figuring out what the hell is it going to take for this kid? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I would have to say it's sit down and talk it out. You think that they would do that now, right? But mm-hmm. there, there is that that little bit of time between games, right? That the games are coming quickly there's a bunch of games and not a lot of time and so they probably don't have that that uh, opportunity if you will to sit down and really be like okay we're gonna spend half an hour to an hour to just talk about what the hell i need what is my checklist to success really um and, and i think they do that over the off season i would hope yeah i would i would absolutely hope so um yeah it's I don't know, but it's got to change because he has to be a part of this team next, like an impact piece on this team next year. Uh, he can't be putting up these type of numbers. He needs to be, you know, twenty plus goals, you know, written in ink here. Yeah, go, going heading towards forty to fifty points would would be great. And, and I know that that sounds like a lot considering he's what a twenty point player. Yeah, he's got twenty four points in sixty six games right now, but we're not seeing him being put in the best. Uh, well, not that's not true. We're not seeing him l- let fly, let his skills do the work um, type of thing. So uh, th- there's a bit that needs to be worked out in terms of his deployment, I would say. But uh, it- it's getting there. Yeah, absolutely. So don't know. But they, the Islanders desperately need him to be a part of that top six. And uh, we talked about <laughs> or hinted at this team being a little bit old. So it'd be nice to have a young player take that step and be a part of this core going forward. That's right, 100%. So let's go to the other side of the coin now with Barry Trotz here um, because a lot of people want to throw Barry under the bus. They say this is on Barry. He's got to let him go and just, you know, he's he hates him. Some people would go as far to say that he hates Oliver Wallstrom. Do you think Barry hates Oliver? I do not. I, I do not think that he hates anyone. I, I, I rarely think that anyone has made it onto, not rarely think, I think it's rare to think that anyone is on um, Barry Trotz's, like, a blacklist. I, I couldn't imagine anyone is on that blacklist at all. Like this guy seems to love everyone and has time for everyone. Um, but he's not really, 
they clearly don't meet eye to eye in terms of what they need to be doing right now, right? When it comes to Oliver Wallstrom, Oliver wants to fly, it seems, and Barry Trotz is like, I need to see you do this this first. And that is kind of, they're kind of antithetical to one another right now in terms of what they want to be doing, not in terms of where they want to be, though. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, I think it's more so that he is trying, or he sees the potential in him and he is trying to get him to that point and isn't satisfied with letting him off the hook now at this point because he's not probably where he should be. No, and we have to remember, if we're going to talk about Wallstrom again here, uh, he's 21. He won't be 22 until June 13th. Like, he's so young. He's got so much time here. Like He's not even entered his prime yet. So let's, there, There's time for this thing to turn around very quickly. Yeah. No, definitely. But while we're on the Barry Trotz train here, um, something that I wanted to bring up or just talk about was over this last stretch of games. Like, obviously, it's over. They're they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not mathematically out of it, but it's just about there at this point. Um, But what I like from him is that you're still seeing that intensity level on the bench. For instance, the game they get blown out against the Blues. Awful putrid game but he's he's banging the stick on the boards and throws it on the ice and i know he gets penalized and i'm sure some people were up in arms over that like oh my god that was stupid how could you get a penalty for you know hurt the team blah 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 i don't look at it that way i think you know they're already out of the game who cares if the if they went on a power play and scored there it's not like it was a one goal game or a tie game or anything like that and to me it shows the players on the bench like this season has not gone the way that we thought it was going to go, and this guy is still giving it every single thing that he's got, and he cares. That's how I interpreted it, anyway. Yeah, it's I, I, it's the ultimate dad move. Like, right? this is how disappointed I am in you. I'm so disappointed. I'm throwing a stick. I'm I'm causing a scene. I'm so disappointed in you. Um, it was just dumb. Like, I think he could do that in other ways, but like. I, I guess it's you're you're making it so obvious. Every one of these people here in St. Louis are gonna see how disappointed I am with you guys. I don't care who knows it. Y'all done screwed up, and y'all are going to pay about it. And um, yeah, like the, the guy is showing that I, I'm not ready to give up on you either. Yeah, we're out of it, but that doesn't mean we have to play like it. We we still have to play for pride and professionalism, and we still have some goals to hit here. Like we still have Oliver Wilson, we're trying to teach some things. We still have Noah Dobson, we're trying to teach some things. Ilya Sorokin is only in year two of his NHL career. Like we've got some important Matthew Barzal still has to turn a leaf here. We have some important things that we need to address. That we're not just going to be like ah whatever, let's dial it in, baby, see this thing through. No, he's saying that's not happening. No, yeah, it, it's. It's not like he's not actually. No, not that he's not. He is going down with the ship. I feel like he's the captain, you know, the Titanic. He's not hopping off board. He's he's sitting there at the wheel going down. He's going down swinging, which again, like obviously most of this team is going to be here next year. And it kind of loops back to our conversation that I feel like we have every single week on this show is that most of the core is going to be here. They're going to make a couple of tweaks and then try to run this thing back. So it's really not a scenario where you can be like, okay, I'm going to play all the the young guys and just like pretend that we're going to do this complete reset and these vets aren't going to be coming back because that's not really the case. More than likely, I don't think someone's trading for Josh Bailey. Like Josh Bailey's going to come back. So what good is it going to be to healthy scratch him? Um, Kyle Palmieri is going, to, is going to be coming back. Like all these guys that people were fed up with, like, yeah, maybe the Andy Green and Zidane Chara one I might be able to give you, but the the point is he can't, I don't think he's in the position to punt on the last little bit here and give, you know, Sebastian Ajo 20 minutes of ice time or Grant Hutton 20 minutes of ice time and, and see what they have because he doesn't want to lose the guys. He wants to show them that he still believes in this group and that next year with a couple of, you know, tweaks that they could be right back in it. Yeah, and that's the thing in the NHL, like <clears throat> dialing it in is gonna get you fired. No matter what. Even even if the the, the the team is losing. There's no team out there that is actually going to say, We're losing this one. We have to lose this one from the coach down. There's none. The GM, on the other hand, might say, like, I'm going to limit your possibility to win games by removing all of your talent. That that is tanking. 
No one is going out there actually saying, we got to lose this game, boys, let's go. They're all trying to win. And that's Barry Trotz reaffirming that, saying, like, we are winning. We have to be winning, even if we're not in this thing. Um, and you're right. Like, everyone's going to be back next year. So him just going like, ah, don't worry, boys. What message does that send going into next year? Like, he don't care. We don't need to care. No, you've got to keep it up all the time. Right, which I, I think it kind of just goes back to the original point of or the original way that we started off this conversation this segment with the fans who are frustrated with Barry Trotz. I don't know what you are like what what do you want him to do? Be- bench Josh Bailey, I suppose. But like that's I, what I, I this just said. This is me just said, trying to yeah. facetiously answer the question. But like I just said, he's more than likely going to be here. Or you're going to ruin that relationship. Like if you want to have a legitimate conversation about moving him down in the lineup, taking him off the power play, and maybe not putting him out there in empty net situations, that's fine. We could have that talk. That is perfectly okay. But to say, I, wave him. <laughs> like what, what are we doing here? We, that can't be real. That is, like, give me a real tangible thing that Barry Trotz can do. Or, like, you want to put Oliver Wallstrom for 20 minutes? I feel like this is the Oliver Wallstrom show. But we're going to give him 21 <laughs> minutes of ice time with how he's been playing? I'll, I'll do you one better. What about Kiefer Bellows, then, instead? Put Bailey on the bench and put Kiefer Bellows in, right? He stunk, too, recently, though. Like, what are we going <laughs> to do, man? Come on. We can't be serious. That That's the thing right now. I'm not... At some points, I, I think we, we both said, like, yeah, it's fine, bench him at, at one point because the Islanders weren't playing well and Josh Bailey was a catalyst for that, uh, as was Kyle Palmieri. And he eventually did bench Kyle Palmieri. He kind of masked it as injury, but uh, it was a benching or, or a scratch, if you will. But it's not like there's another young player, like, burning a hole in the Islanders' lineup card saying, you have to play me, coach. That's a forward, mind you. You have to play me, play me now. Like, they've tried Kiefer Bellows, and it didn't really work too well. So, like, there's no one that they have to put in and then just be like, well, sorry, Josh, we got the new kid. So, no, there's no one they could do that. So you got to play Josh Bailey. No, And I'm- he's been fine lately. He's been okay. It's not... Yeah, he's been just okay. It hasn't been it hasn't been good. It hasn't been bad. He's been all right. And um yeah, and he, and Bailey was a healthy scratch at at one point. Um for one game. Or like yeah, a, a while ago. So there ago, you go. Obviously. Like what, what do you want to do? Like every every scratch like there's a diminutive uh, diminishing returns every time you scratch someone. Like you you get a better re- a big reaction the first time, but every benching after that is you get a subsequent less or smaller reaction because at some point it's like well, I don't care anymore. I I don't know. So I guess th- th- what do you say to the the fans who are like we gotta fire him? I'm sure we're still in the same boat here. We're like that's stupid, right? Well, yeah, of course it is. Of course it's stupid. <laughs> What did we just go through for 20 years before he got here? From Al Arbor to Barry Trotz, we had like two years of Peter LaViolette or three years, whatever the hell it was, of like, okay, that's an NHL caliber coach. We're stuck with Jack Capuano for like almost a decade, Mitch. Like he was here forever. Do you want to go back to Garth Snow and Jack Capuano? I don't. I don't. I think we should at least... Let Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz try to turn this around, then just say, all right, we're going to cut ties the first sign something goes wrong, because then you're going to end up right back where you were before, which was, I mean, I, I'm an Islanders fan. I hate to say this, but they were pretty much irrelevant for 20 years. Yeah, and because coaching, right? Like yeah. you saw that they were still able to draft decent players and bring good players in, John Tavares being one of them. Uh, and even before that still, uh, but they just didn't have any coaching. Uh, you you fixed that coaching situation, boom. And who's out there like, we got to get that guy. This guy's clearly better than Barry Trotz. There's like two guys with more wins in their career than Barry Trotz ever in the NHL. One of them, Scotty Bowman. He's not coming out of retirement. He's like 92 or something. Come on. Yeah, and I don't think Quenville's getting a job anytime soon. Or probably not. Or or Babcock or Tortorella. Like like these <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Those are your only other options. Or it's like, okay, if it's an it's either an upgrade or maybe a lateral step. I don't even know. 
know if it would be an upgrade or a lateral step for most of those ones, but it's like, what what are, what are we doing? How is that a legitimate conversation? There is, there, there's one person who's an upgrade out there and it's not even out there. It's Scotty Bowman. That's it. If you can get Scotty Bowman, cool. But I don't think Scotty Bowman's going to leave retirement to coach the Islanders. Like, Lou doesn't have that type of pull. I'm sorry. No one does. No. So you stay with Barry. What are we talking about? Yeah. I don't know. But th- that's a legitimate, like, we see this constantly. All the time. In our mentions, in the comment section, all the time. And I just, I don't understand it. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we just had, I needed to get that out because it's been bothering me for a little while. That's fair. Yeah, it needs to come out. It's just, it, you're right. The, the one big thing here is that this is the first hiccup, the first kind of like, whoop, that didn't work out too well in four years. Okay, so let's see what they do to fix that. Uh, st- specifically, Lou Lamorello, first off. What is he going to do to fix the situation? And and then we can reassess if we need to make any changes. But as it stands now, uh, I, I would I would not. This is not a coaching issue at all. No, yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. So We'll see. Big offseason ahead. But yeah, kind of had to get that one out there. 100%. No, that's fair. So shall we get to the prospects and see what's going around on the farm? Yeah, let's do that. So um, we've got, uh, I guess there's an auto and auto update, if you will. Not oh. that you don't already know, um, but he has done his league of season. <clears throat> they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs, lost game seven, won nothing. And I don't believe I shared this on the last podcast, but um, I, I got information as far as the plan for him is to head to the USA as soon as possible. Oh, So... He will be here ASAP as long as the uh, the visa situation works itself out. Uh, that's not an easy situation to work out right now, um, just with everything going on in the world. So specifically in that region. So we'll, we'll see what, what how long it takes. Um, but um, I, I know re- before I had said like maybe a week, and my, um, my the the reason I'd said that is because I looked at Samuel Hellenius and Samuel Hellenius, who also played the Liga, also second round pick in twenty twenty one went from his final Liga game to making an AHL roster officially a week. There's seven days between those two. But now that I look at Samuel Hellenius was born in the U.S., so I think that makes it a whole the visa situation a whole lot easier. Absolutely. Yeah, that would, that, would make, that would make life a lot easier. But I'm excited to see him make his way over. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm not sure he'll be here in time for the end of the Bridgeport season, but there's still another 10 days on the Bridgeport season. So 10 days, I really mean days and not games here. Their season ends April 23rd. So we'll see. Um, The other Finnish prospect, or one of the other Finnish prospects we have is Etelukas, still in the playoffs. They just won today. So they're up, I believe, 3-1 in their series. Yes, they're up 3-1 against Ilves. In, in their semifinal series. So one more win and they go to the the finals, the Liga finals, uh, which is excellent. And he's playing a good part in that. He's not a top six player, but a, a middle six, a bottom six player, I should say. But hella effective. Putting up depth offense, disruptive, physical, excellent stuff from this guy. I, I He's not coming over to North America next year, but maybe the year after that. Okay. So relatively soon, I guess. That's right. And then I wanted to get into some NCAA players. I did this on the channel because there's six players on the reserve list right now who have uh, who are expiring. And what I mean by that is the Islanders, like every other NHL team, have players that they haven't signed yet, but they own their NHL rights for a certain period of time. And depending on where these players are drafted from, that window closes at a certain point in time. Uh, and not even drafted from, but when they were drafted. And so there's six guys who the Islanders could lose their NHL rights to by the end of the season. And that's a lot of them are our NCAA guys. So I'm going to only focus on them right now. And that's um, Logan Cockrell, Ben Maragis, Christian Krieger, and Jacob Pavanka. And so like, okay, well, what are the odds that they're going to stick around or, or sorry, not stick around, but stay, yeah, stay in the NCAA or are the Islanders going to sign them? And there's really only one. And that's Logan Cockrell that I think the Islanders will sign. And, and the reason I say that is Christian Krieger entered the transfer portal as did Jacob Pavanka. 
And so they're sticking around for a fifth year in the NCAA. They're not, they're not coming, they're not going to become pro. And then Ben Miragis, well, we all know what happened with Ben Miragis. And by we know, I mean, like, we don't kind of know what happened. (laughs) We we really don't, actually. That's true, I guess. We know that he's not playing for Providence anymore. He left halfway through the season. Why that is, we're not really sure. Uh, But clearly not a good thing. He's not signed yet. I wouldn't imagine he gets signed. And so he'll become a free agent and that'll be that. But with the other two guys, they're they're going for a fifth year. Uh, Jacob Ivanka, I believe I already said on the podcast, just to make sure I'll say it again, is uh, joining Omaha, Nebraska with Chris, uh, sorry, uh, Cameron Berg. And then Christian Krieger is going to see if he's going to land in a new place. Now, there's a lot of people entering the transfer portal in the NCAA, and, and I think it's not just a hockey problem. I think it's football, basketball, and I guess baseball as well, or all the sports, really. Because... Um, the NCAA ruled that the 2021 season doesn't count towards anyone's eligibility. So you can stay for a fifth year and that that's fine. The problem in, in at least hockey, that is, is teams can only hold 18 players on scholarship. Okay. So you can only have up to 18 players on scholarship on your roster. And so I imagine most of these guys that are transferring now have scholarships. So they couldn't stay where they are because some of those spots were promised to new kids coming in, like new freshmen. So they got to go and they're trying to find somewhere to go. And so they might not find somewhere. Now they could come back to their program. Like Christian Krieger can go back to MSU. They don't have to keep him or they don't have to grant him his scholarship. And so is he going to want to stay? I don't think he will. Yeah. Um, and that's tough on them too, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that's good that you get that extra year of eligibility. But like you said, if you have a limited or if each school has a limited number of scholarships that they can ha- hand out, it's kind of tough on those guys who want to continue to hang around because they have to get a new crop in there too. That's right. You've got like this double cohort action coming in. Uh, new group coming, old group staying, and then you're like, well, we only have a certain number of spots, so we can't really do anything here. Uh, so when it comes to Christian Krieger, I don't know if he'll find a new spot. He might, um, but if he doesn't, maybe he does but He does go pro. We do see him sign maybe an AHL deal with the, the Bridgeport Islanders, but uh, we'll see from that. All right. Keep an eye on it. That's right. The other guy, like Jacob Pavanka, the Islanders, uh, the rights... My God, it's really hard to say here. They hold his rights for another year. Okay. So that's going to transfer over. So instead of expiring August 15th, 2022, it will expire August 15th, 2023. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's it that I had for down on the farm right now. Perfect. Love the update as always, Mitch. Now you got to stump me on the quiz. <laughs> as we do every week, we've got a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt. And you at home to guess. I can't hear you at home, so you might get it sooner than Matt does. I know I wouldn't. Um, you've got five clues to guess who they, this player is. It gets progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. Clue number one. I've played over 700 games in the NHL. Over 700 games in the NHL? I'm going to say Zidane Chara. Incorrect. But, well, correct that he has, but not correct for the player. <laughs> okay. Um, two, I've played for four different NHL teams, joining my fourth one recently. Four different NHL teams joined my fourth one recently. Um, Kyle Palmieri. No, he's only Incorrect. Good try, though. He's only three. He's a three, but still close. Um, guess number three. My career year came in 2014-15 when I scored 33 points. Oh, I know who this is. This is Travis Hamanick. Yes, it is. <laughs> Let's go. Good job. Four was I wore numbers three and 36. I thought you'd probably get it there. And five, there's a famous gif of me effectively saying, gee, goalie, looking all goofy-like <laughs> with my teeth missing. I love Travis. He was one of my favorite Islanders. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good dude. There's something going on there. I, I don't know. Like he, people were glad to see him leave Win- uh, Vancouver. Like even the Vancouver players. So that is news to me, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Travis always seemed like a team friendly player, type of thing. I was gonna say, like when he was here with the Islanders, I always heard like great, like great things about him. I don't know, 
what's happened, obviously, since he's left. But, um, yeah, I was always a big fan of Travis Hamanick. Same. So that that's why it kind of struck me hearing that kind of stuff going like, oh, word, all right. I'll have to find out more about that. I have not because I forgot about it. As did I. So, okay, you didn't stump me. I was, I was happy. I got on three guesses. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Three out of five is pretty damn good. I will take it. So, with that, shall we get to the quiz, Mitch? We'll see what's going around. <laughs> yes. Um, so, first Our one for segment. me is from Isles Fanatics. Yeah, I knew what you were doing. <laughs> um, Don't mind me. And there's a picture here that says, Why did the chicken cross the road? To watch the Isles win. And there was a chicken in the UBS parking lot yesterday. Yeah. And I, I, I don't get it. No, me neither. Ryan sent it in the uh, in the Discord channel, too. Uh, so he's not the only one who saw it. Um, I I didn't know. Is this going to be bad? But I didn't know that they that they made chickens jet black. Like I, I picture like a like a <laughs> like a like a brownish chicken maybe or like a whitish chicken. But like I don't know. I didn't know that they were like black chickens. There are a lot of different looking chickens. Um, definitely black ones. But I, I it was just it's such a weird setting, right? Like it's a very urban setting. Uh, and, and to see just like some random chicken. I remember seeing it as the game was happening. Something <clears throat> passed on my Twitter feed and I was going, that, that can't be right. That that doesn't make any sense. And then I kept seeing more and more pictures going, someone's chicken coop is broken because the chicks are out. Yeah, they were just kind of flapping around over there. Uh, that's what I wonder. Like, I guess someone over in, uh, in the area, not Elmont? on the Queen side. I would think on the Elmont side, I guess. The uh, chicken got loose. I suppose. I, I guess someone's lost a chicken. It's in the parking lot waiting for you. It seems in the <laughs> Emerald lot, I think. So go get it. Your chicken. Somebody please get your chicken. Uh, <laughs> my first one. Come- Sorry. Imagine ahead. someone during the game on like the, um, like the announcers, like, um, can, uh, the owner of a black chicken report to guest services owner of a black chicken, um, your chicken is loose in the parking lot. Please come to guest services. <laughs> like that would be wild. Yeah, it's like instead of it being like, "Will the owner of a black Honda Civic please report to <laughs> the owner of a black chicken roaming around the parking lot? Please get him back." Uh, anyway, my first one comes from Isles PK, uh, and he captions his meme: "Did I do this right?" And it's a picture. Have you seen the picture of Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian looking like directly into their eyes? Yeah, I don't. I, I it doesn't make sense to me, but you know, yes, I've okay. seen that. So it's like they're looking lovingly into their eyes, just for context, because this is an audio medium. And on one of them, it says me on Kim Kardashian, and on Pete Davidson, it says point zero four percent chance of Isles making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's all we have to hang our hat on right now like whatever there's a chance damn it i'm gonna wait for and hope for it it's probably not gonna happen but like i'm not gonna be crushed if we don't but god damn i'll be happy if we do yeah that'd be nice like might as well right what else do we have to like cheer for or hope for yeah we can say like well we're going for the end of the for next year in mind that's a long time from now i need immediate satisfaction damn it Yes, same. Me too. So, uh, my next one here comes from Brian Shapiro. It's at Pushing Limits LV. This guy at a Golden Knights game has the right to wear this. Yes, I do believe Robin uh. is not the right guy for Vegas. That said, this is extreme. At real kid, at real kid poker. I'm not sure who that is, but uh, either way. Oh, it's Daniel Negreanu. Okay, everyone knows who that is. Is correct here. Makes sense for away fans to do stuff like this, but not VGK fans. Over the line. And it's a picture of someone walking through, I believe, the Vegas arena with mm-hmm. a shirt or coat. And it says, Lanner sucks in big letters on the back of the coat. We deserve better. The what? The hell is going on in Vegas? No, Vegas doesn't deserve Robin Leonard. Because, uh, listen, I know it's been a little bit of a rough patch here this year for Robin Leonard. But here's one of the more likable guys in the NHL. And if you're going out of your way, and it, like everyone's aware of his story, too. Like, that is just so over the top. Like, I wouldn't, I don't condone that, like, just in general. Like, I think it's kind of douchey if you're walking around with, like, player X socks on the back of your shirt. Um, yeah. Especially, like, on someone on your own team, too. Um, like, I, I would never wear that, even if, like, if there's a player that I don't like. Like, it's just, that's dumb to me. But 
it's even worse when you consider who it is, too. I just don't even get the sucks part. Yeah, the, the stats, 2A2 goals against average, 907 save percentage. That's not good. Goals saved above expected, he's 16th in the NHL. That's pretty goddamn good. That's good. Like, that's around Ilya Sorokin territory. He's 13th, by the way. So he's three spots lower than Ilya Sorokin, and who we're, we're cheering like he's elite, and he is. And then the, this guy's like, well, Leonard sucks. I think there's some structural problems going on in Vegas where it's not Leonard who's randomly having a bad season after, like, what, four really strong, almost Vezina years? Back the truck up here, buddy. Yeah, no, that's a that's a brutal take on that guy, and I wish him nothing but the worst. Yeah, like, I, I really don't get it. Like, chirping your own players? I get it if it's like that that Phillies player, right, who said, like, I, I hate being here type of thing. If you want to uh, uh, wear a shirt that says, I hate that player being here, cool, that makes sense. He's your own guy, and he said your team sucks, basically, and I hate it. Fine. Leonard has done nothing to deserve this. I'm trying to stop 100-mile-an-hour vulcanized rubber, and this guy, ah, that guy sucks. You step in and see how well you'll do. Good luck. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's uh, that, that bothered me. I did see that online, and that, that very much so bothered me. Um, Absolutely, as it should. My last one comes from Rob Tob, who says, Ilya Sorokin at UBS this season. These numbers are pretty good, by the way. 13, 4, and 3 is the record. 39 goals on 589 shots faced, which is a 934 save percentage and a 196 goals against average. Um, That sounds good. I, I very much so like that. I would like to see that continue for the future, please. Yeah, like, I know teams that don't make the playoffs don't get anyone, any player who's on a team that didn't make the playoffs is not going to be considered for the Hart Trophy. That's just not how the award is 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 handled, which is stupid, but that that's what happens. Um, but he, he needs to get some heart love because when you think about what the award is, it's not MVP of the league, even though everyone seems to freaking think that's what it is. It's not. That's a Ted Lindsay award, by the way. The Hart Trophy's most valuable player to his team. And Ilya Sorokin is by far the most valuable player to his team. That's why you can't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in on the heart because you can't have two most valuable players to his team. You just can't. You can have one. If you got one guy that stands well above the rest of his teammates, that's a hard candidate, and that is Ilya Sorokin. I'm not saying he deserves to win it, but he deserves to get some love for it. Yeah, he no, won't, of course, no, but he deserves it. No, no, he won't. But um, yeah, he has been significantly over overlooked, I think, because of where the Islanders are in the standings. So I am very much so looking forward to the bounce back next year, so he can get the love that he deserves. That's right. My final one here is not one tweet, but it's a series of them, and I, and I won't read them all, but um, it's a series of tweets from Chris Pronger today, and um, oh, okay. he just it breaks down how a player's salary essentially gets chewed up type of thing, and that's me putting words in his mouth because I don't think he used the word chewed up, and it's an, it's interesting to see what gets pulled from a player's salary and so on and so forth, but I don't really get the context of why these are being put out because, like, a lot of it is like, oh, they, they, they pay taxes. They have to pay for a car. They have to pay for a home. They have to do this. And I was going, yep, those are all things that I have to do. Those are all things that you have to do. Like, uh, aside from $75,000 for a car every year, that's not something we all do. But um, I, I just don't get what, is he complaining? Or is he just sharing what it is? Because if it's that latter part, cool. That's great. That's good to know. But if it's the former part, like, well, a lot of it gets chewed up. All right. Well, like, yeah, no doy. Get, get, like, that's what happens to all of us. What are you talking about here? Yeah. You know, I'm, he's not going to get any sympathy from me who'd like, I don't know. I just had to, I had to pay some, some of my taxes recently, like this past week. Like I, I owed money. I didn't get a refund. Like this is, I, I, I don't know. You're not going to get sympathy for me uh, on that one. Unfortunately, if that's no, what he's like, looking if they for. Wanna, if he wants yeah, if you want to complain about escrow, cool, because that's not something I do. That's not something you do. Mm-mm. Yeah, complain about that. Let me. I want to find out more about escrow and how players feel about it. Obviously, they don't like it, 
Um, but I would love to know more about it because that sounds real dumb, but that doesn't seem to be the crux of it. Maybe he'll get into that a little bit later. I would really hope so because that's the one thing that's like, that's not what, that's not a normal thing. And I would love to know more about that. Yeah, that was, I did see that, but I don't know. It was hard to gauge if it was like just a, Hey, that like, let's share kind of a thing or like, I'm going to complain about this because like, I, I, I hate when like celebrity i don't even know would you consider him a celebrity i guess so right i would if i saw chris pronger i'd get all starstruck for sure so yes okay but so i'll loop him in as a celebrity i hate when celebrities complain about stuff like that because they are so out of touch with the rest of the world it's just like insane like have you ever seen the videos where like they ask people like what they think things cost in a grocery store, the, no, you know, the famous people. But I imagine that would upset me greatly. Yeah, they are like way either like wh- like preposterously high or preposterously low most of the time. Right, because they are either shopping on really expensive stuff or they just don't shop and so they don't know. So, which you know, it makes sense. But if you ever want to, this isn't to like be a pleb versus the rich kind of thing. It just kind no, of no, no, no. I, I saw that I was going. I'm interested, but I'm also kind of like don't care. I guess it was really weird, really dichotomic kind of opinions. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to hate watch something, go go watch those segments online of uh, wealthy people <laughs> trying to guess the prices of things. It, it makes me laugh. I just might. <laughs> uh, I might do that before I go to bed. Make, make me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> well, at least I know the price of milk. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, let's get some plugs in here. Wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe. Leave a rating and a review. really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You got the website eyes on aisles.com and of course the Patreon. So for five bucks a month, you get bonus content, including post game shows after every game. You get deep dives on topics. You get a mailbag show, which you're about to record and a whole lot of fun. Right, Mitch? Yeah, there's 15 questions there. And some of them are not like, what are we going to do for a golf game this year? It's not going to exist. I hate golf. I hate it. I I don't hate that it exists. I hate playing it or watching it. So that's what's going to happen. And uh, Matthew Barzell as a, as a winger over a center is in there as well. I can't wait to get into that one. Ooh, okay. That sounds interesting. So without further ado, we're going to hop over there. So that does it for us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.